Hi everyone, it's um, good to be here and I received quite a number of questions from you and some of them are pretty interesting. So let's just begin. Assalamu alaikum everyone, this is Karen Farooq. Well, my first question to uh, Najwa would be, what inspired you to write the novel, specifically a crime novel, since they aren't very common in Pakistan? Um, yeah, I, I guess, yeah, maybe it isn't normal. <laughs> I, I, since I was a child, I think I've been reading mostly, you know, adventure stories and adventure novels and, you know, maybe that's the reason why I ventured towards uh, this genre but to be honest when I started writing even though I really wanted to write adventure novels and I started with uh, children's books um, obviously adventure uh, oriented but I found that I was more inclined to write uh, about life and people carry it more like character oriented stories uh like this book uh, a novel that's coming up in january this i wrote in the 90s as well this is one of my older works uh where despite the fact that i sort of forced myself to write adventure stories i always ended up writing more character oriented stories so I think the, the, the time when I actually managed to sort of master writing crime fiction the way it should be written was when I did my master's in script writing. Um, my uh, head of department, who was also my supervisor, he helped me a lot there because when I, when I was writing one of my scripts, for, um, I mean, it was supposed to be about a spy. It was supposed to be a dark comedy. And the, the spy thing was supposed to be just left in the background, you know? The main story, the main plot, the main storyline was supposed to be uh, around the person working as a part-timer in a, in a shop, you know, in customer services, in sales. So um, the, my teacher was like, why don't you bring all that that background into the foreground make that your main story and i sort of tried to resist it because i knew i wasn't very good at it but uh, thanks to him i i managed that and i and that was the result of also my other two novels you know the the mist series the novels that i wrote in the mist series they were a consequence of that so i really thank him for that um before that, I struggled. I mean, I love adventure and I love crime fiction and I love all that, you know, that the that sort of darkness that that this genre offers, the variety that you have in it. The I really wanted to always, yeah, I, I love this genre. That's why I wanted to write it. I never really thought that it was uh, something that was not very normal 
although obviously when I started writing, I did realize that yes, in our country, in our region, we're more romance oriented or more, you know, literary fiction oriented, not, not crime fiction. Yes, true. But this is, this is what I've always been very interested in as a, as a reader, because I, I, I guess maybe, yeah, that is, I was influenced by my childhood readings. And as I grew up, I continued to read crime fiction. Maybe that's the only reason, <laughs> quite stereotypical, I know, but that is it. And the subject of race and ethnicity within the novel. The character of Nen is a Kashmiri and Rafe is a British Pakistani. How are their experiences similar or different to each other within the context of racial politics? Uh, yeah, the racism. Um, I touched on it uh, deliberately because it is a fact. I mean, every society has it, whether you like to admit it or not. Um, generally, we have two types of racism. You have the ethnic conflict and then you have the racial discrimination. Uh, when it comes to ethnic discrimination, that is when uh, technically you all belong to the same country. You're supposed to be natives of that country, but because um, your ancestors belonged to different ethnicities or a different tribe or a different race, um, so you tend to keep that as your identity and then discriminate against each other. We have it in every country. Um, even in England, you know, and that's what I try to show through Rafe as well, that on one side you have Nan facing the same thing because, I mean, apparently she's uh, living in the same land, but she's being heavily discriminated against so much so that her region is being conquered, it's being invaded by India. Uh, and, you know, she had to flee her home for in order to get refuge just because of that. And then you have Rafe, who's British-born, so essentially he's native, but he's being discriminated against. Why? Because in his case, it's it's you know twofold or maybe threefold, because he is British-born, but his father is Pakistani, and he's got Spanish blood in the mix. So uh, the British who in where once upon a time a third world country finally managed to dominate a developed country of their time became emperors and they decided that yes now you know we have made it to the top we're superior everybody else is inferior so they looked down on their former colonials there's that and then there is the internal ethnic discrimination, which, you know, you will find that uh, an Englishman, for example, would have against uh, Welsh or Irish or Scots and vice versa. And then you have the fact that he has continental blood. In him. So, you know, he's not one of us. That's the kind of uh, uh, the reaction that you would get from a typical 
white English native but as Rafi mentions you know it has its upside too because ironically uh, the same organization or entity that is extremely racist or biased suddenly needs somebody who's different from them when they have to tackle sensitive situations uh, or you know when they have to deal with foreign diplomacy or even international crime they need somebody who is not one of us so that's how I've tried to you know uh, put both sides of uh, the racism story <laughs> the pros and cons of being different in any society um, essentially you know a racism stems from a feeling of superiority when suddenly you've decided that your identity makes you superior I mean originally we were all given identities and born into families and clans and tribes so that we should be able to identify ourselves very simply put but somewhere along somehow you know somebody decided that this also meant that you could declare yourself superior over others and subjugate them and dominate them and invade them Islamophobia is a good example of uh, dehumanizing your victims Kashmir is a brilliant example they have dehumanized Kashmiris so that the world you know just ignores whatever is going on it's been going on for decades people don't care Palestine is another perfect example it's as if Palestinians are not humans you know there's always that but you know bow but you see oh but you see so there's all these buts that are actually justification for domination and invasion and hate crimes and religious crimes and ethnic cleansing and they they, they all come from that place you know that that but also comes from that place where somebody suddenly decides that somebody is superior enough to have the right to commit atrocities towards others. And that is basically what I try to portray uh, without being too heavy handed about it. So their discrimination, their racism is similar, but at the same time, it's different. So Rafe is a foreigner and a native in his own land. Nan was a foreigner and a native in her own land. Uh, but then Rafe had the added uh, issue, you could say, of having an, a mixed racial background, um, which Nan didn't. But so. But still, that would not put her in a bad situation. She would still be able to understand his uh, problems, his issues of racism just as well. And we have a question from Rehan Hafiz, Lahore, Pakistan. And he asks, do you feel it would be a different experience for you if you wrote another book by intertwining your life experience 
with some fictional bit, like in the ratio of 7 to 3. Um, writing a book, intertwining my life. Uh, but to be honest, I did, in fact, attempt uh, such a book once. Um, I ended up destroying it. Um, because at the end of the day, I guess I'm not very comfortable putting bits of your life into a book, uh, you know, just sprinkling it a bit, you know, uh, that makes a book real, obviously. But um, when you write about yourself, as you said, in a seven to three ratio, um, that is probably something I'm never going to be comfortable with. Um, I, in fact, attempted another book, which is one of my recent works that I'm still working on. So you can imagine that I'm still working on it because even though I started it off with uh, a lot more about my, my own life, my experience, my experiences, and, uh, but at the end, I just had to take it more towards, you know, uh, a, a world of fiction and a world of fantasy. And I had to, to be more comfortable or maybe to, to give the writing more depth and more, to be more at ease or to make the readers more at ease. I don't know, whichever, but yeah, um, I couldn't keep on writing that book until I had to change directions. And in fact, I'm not even sure if I would be able to complete that book as well. Because uh, uh, writing about oneself, it's easy when you know you're not going to share it with somebody. But when you are going to share it with somebody, you would rather write truth as fiction. Many writers have done that, actually. There's, uh, they, they may start off writing a lot more truth, but they end off with a lot more fiction. Um, unless, of course, a writer explicitly writes about oneself, which is more or less an autobiography. Or, but, yeah, this is not something every writer can do, I guess. But I've seen a lot of new writers who have been daring enough to write about their lives, and they've mentioned it very openly that they've written about their lives. Uh, but I, I don't think I would ever be able to do that. Yeah. Um, so there are some questions that have been asked by more than one people. So I'm just going to, you know, put them all as one. Um, one of them was on my characters. How do I portray my characters so realistically? Um, are they based on real people or, you know? Um, but... When it comes to my characters, um, they do not have to necessarily be based on real people. But yes, they are as real as can get. Um, I think you can put it down to my um, innate sense of originality and realism. Whenever I try to put down a situation or write about a certain character, um, the, that sense of honesty and originality persists 
within me to the extent that it forces me to try to keep it real. So every time I try to, you know, romanticize a situation or a person, um, my mind immediately just puts a stop to it. It, you know, it strains it all in. And it forces me to become more real, more grounded. Um, uh, you know, like, it's, it's very similar. Uh, you can see that in my upcoming book, a novel, um, where the characters, they're, the way they speak, the way they talk, the way they reason how things, you can easily um, recognize the background that they come from or the culture they represent, the society, the time, the era, you know, the generation that they belong to. Just from the way they talk, you can understand the way that they think, the way their society thinks, you know, the way their culture makes them think. So, um, people in from that particular region can identify with them instead of saying that, oh no, our people aren't like that, you know, what are you talking about, what have you written about, our people don't think like that. So, the whole point is to stay as real as possible when writing about people and their situations. Um, similarly, um, about The Mist, The Mist series, um, my female protagonist, many people said that they reminded her of me. Um, oh, she reminded them of me, sorry. That, um, could, uh, I mean, I can understand why. Because obviously, you know, whenever you write a book, whenever you draw a character, it doesn't matter if it's fiction or non-fiction. The writer will always put a bit of himself into it. He will always find something um, that you can relate to uh, through the writer or with the writer. And those people who know the writer, they get to see glimpses of the writer, you know, in his characters or her characters. And that's very normal, that's natural, because you're creating something. When you're creating something, you put a bit of you into it. You know, that's how you give it life. So, yeah, but no, other, other than that, no. My characters are not inspired or influenced or taken from real people or prototypes. Um, they are 100% original, and in their own world, they're 100% real. Good morning, Nagwa. This is Namisha from California, U.S., and I guess I do have um, questions. What I would like to know, what motivated you to become a writer? And at what age did you start writing? When did you publish your first novel? Hi, Namisha. Uh, I first started writing when I was pretty young. Um, I think I was around 11 when I started writing. And at that point in life, uh, my main reason for writing was 
um, essentially my love for words, you know, the formation of words, um, the power of bringing imagination to life. And because I was pretty young myself, so my main goal, you could say, was to provide as much literature as possible for kids. And that is why the first novel that I published in the mid-90s, when I was a, a teenager at that point, um, was a, an adventure book for kids. And um, as I grew older, the reasons behind my writings changed, obviously. Um, the, for example, the Mist series that I published a few years ago, that was uh, a consequence of the observation of what was going on around us, uh, the political situation, the global political corruption, um, the manipulation of people by certain organizations, um, both governmental and non-governmental, pushing people towards war, uh, dehumanization of certain groups of people in order to justify genocide. So all these things, you know, they were the you know they were the reason behind my publishing the Mist series. And uh, before that. Um, when I was still in my teens and my twenties, I wrote because um, there was a lot of um, a sense of adventure, uh, a sense of promise that an unknown future seemed to give one, which is depicted in the novel that's about to come. You know, life makes a novel. A novel, the book itself says it all. Uh, this book, which is due in January, this one was influenced by my own uh, positivity, you know, my own excitement because I was just embarking towards the next chapter of my life. So yeah, different books were a result of different influences or inspirations. There was, uh, I don't think there was anyone, though, if you could say there was one constant in this whole, it, it was imagination, you know, just to be able to remove ourselves from this world and go into a world where we had a little more sense of control. <laughs> that was basically it. And here's a question from Yusra Khan from United Arab Emirates. And she asks, in all of your books, your main character is always a female. Is there any particular reason for that? Yeah, I guess when you put it that way, um, all the books that I've published to date have female protagonists and very strong ones that with very strong characters and personalities. Um, but no, there was no such um, agenda behind it. It wasn't a deliberate act or a political statement or a ideological statement or anything. I mean, to me, it was just normal because I was female. Um, so, you know, being female, writing the perspective of a female was actually pretty normal. Uh, 
And to be honest, I think I was quite fair. Um, and uh, I gave equal justification to the male counterparts in my stories. Um, I mean, they're not just characters that revolve around the female lead to sustain the stories, so to speak. They are actual um, uh, characters, you know, that have a life of their own and have equal strength. And I think if this were a script, um, I could go so far as to say that they shared equal airtime. You know, you would have your female lead and your male lead. Oh, my um, lips are sort of uh, jamming up, get feeling a bit numb because of the cold. <laughs> so yeah, this distortion was not um, the audio itself. This is my mouth. <laughs> um, but to move on, um, I wasn't really aware of the fact that my stories or my characters were unconventional. Yes, it took people to point it out to me. Um, in fact, when someone from the BBC pointed it out and said that the mere fact that my lead was female in the script that I, I had written and, you know, that it was in a, a world that was, you know, generally, I guess, um, male-oriented, even though he didn't say that, but I mean, I'm sure that's what he was probably saying when he said that the, that the very fact that it was, um, you know, that I had a female lead was in itself a selling point because it went against the norms and that that alone would have a veteran actress or actor pick it up and make sure that it got made in Hollywood. So I found that very surprising, to be honest, because, I mean, one doesn't expect Hollywood or any other media industry, um, for that matter, to... Um, find having strong female leads unconventional. But yes, um, looking back now, when I look at, um, when I remember all the the movies and the, the series and the serials that we've watched to date uh, with female leads, um, they might begin by breaking conventions, but they do ultimately fall into um, some form of convention. That is true. And um, my uh, world, um, my setting in which I've inserted my protagonists, uh, yes, I guess, um, what people would refer to as male-oriented. Uh, the genre is referred to as male-oriented, you know, uh, thrillers, and spy thrillers, people's thrillers, adventures. But um, I do believe that... Um, these were scenarios that could only apply to my protagonist because of their gender. You see, there are certain experiences that apply to um, people because of the occupation, you know, um, in life, because of their profession. And then there are experiences that are unique to gender. So, yeah, when I was writing a novel, or when I was writing the Mist series, or my other books, um, I did not deliberately sit down and think about gender or gender discrimination because, frankly, that's not how I'm wired to think. I think in terms of people, gender comes secondary. But um, when you sit down to write, um, you're essentially creating a world 
And in that world, you have to stay true to it as much as you can. And you have to stay true to the real world in which you yourself reside. Um, because um, you have to think in terms of originality and then you have to think in terms of what sounds real, keeping in mind the person's profession and the person's life, the person's background and the person's gender. And then you have to move accordingly. And that's just what I did, um, to be honest. Um, but yes, if it ended up being unconventional, um, I guess it is unconventional, but I, I think it's good. It's good because, you know, you pick up a book, um, you pick it up because it belongs to a genre that you're most interested in. And then, you know, you have this complacent expectation that, you know, it's going to be just like more or less like the other books of this genre. And then, whoa, you know, you get an unexpected surprise. And I think that 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 is healthy. That's what the readers are looking for anyway. So it's good. It's a good thing. Um, but other than that, really, I I didn't have any um, specific purpose behind um, uh, having a female protagonist or. or uh, putting her through completely unconventional scenarios. Um, to me, I, I was pretty normal. Um, here, it's more of a comment, less of a question, on how my love for travel and languages is being portrayed in all of my books. It's true. I do love to travel, and I do love languages. Um, I think it's because uh, my parents used to travel a lot. We used to travel with them. And that increased our love for exploring the world, you know. But uh, my kind of travel is less of, uh, as a tourist, more of trying to integrate with the society and the people so that I can understand their point of view as natives. It's more objective somehow, you know, when you tend to see a country um, the way its own people sees it. Because then you tend to understand um, the difficulties, the pros, the cons, and you tend to understand them better, the people as well, where they come from. Um, and I think that's... Um, you could say it's the same when it comes to languages. Uh, the reason why I think I'm very good with languages is I just find it easy to understand how people think. When I understand how they think, then it's easy to understand how they would form sentences in their own language. And so it becomes easy for me to pick up the nuances, you know, the their grammar, their vocabulary in general. It becomes easy. Um, also, uh, I think the biggest, uh, positivity that one gets from traveling and understanding different cultures and different people and languages is you really do understand that everything is more superficial 
And when you just, you know, strip all those layers away, at the end, you're all the same. We're all the same people with the same problems in life. And we're going through the same motions in life. And we have the same tensions in life and the same aims and ambitions and goals. And we're all just people trying to live our lives and making the best with what we have. And uh, languages and cultures and uh, race, these are all superficial at the end of the day. And I think uh, it shows in the way we speak, obviously, I think, uh, you know, it shows in my English. I mean, you wouldn't know where I'm from because I've lived in so many countries. And when you live in uh, different countries, that speak the same language but in different dialects and with different accents you know that that too shows and i think in a way it's a good thing because it's like a friend of mine who lived all over pakistan so you really could never pinpoint where exactly he's from when you listen to his urdu and i think that's in a way a progress on its own because then you don't identify yourself with any one place and you can identify yourself with uh, so many places at the same time um, traveling helps you uh, think more universal more global less regional you could say and when that starts to reflect in your language, then I think it means you've made progress in life, at least some progress <laughs> in life. And, um, but, but yes, it has its difficulties because uh, the fact that I seem to have uh, acquired a, a completely different sort of English, which is an amalgamation of all the different dialects spoken in all the different English-speaking countries. Um, and it shows in my books. So because of that, I had a lot of trouble looking for an editor, um, an editor who could actually understand uh, a more multidimensional language as opposed to one that is restricted to a certain region. But I finally got one, but with great difficulty. So there was that. Uh, that's why in my books, you tend to see more international form of um, English, even though I guess some would argue that no, it's still standard English, but you can see bits and pieces of all the different um, countries and regions in the various expressions used in my books. And I think, uh, I think that's okay. I think it's, it's a good thing.
Well, that wraps it up. Thank you everyone for participating in the session. I hope you enjoyed it. I know I did. Um, some of you asked me more than one questions, but I just chose one of each um, because there were those that I felt were different and that I might not have answered before. And apart from that, uh, you might have felt a, a little bit of an audio shift. Uh, that was because I answered some of the questions directly and then added them up later. Uh, but do keep sending me questions, I'll always answer them. I just wanted to keep this short and sweet. Um, do remember to grab your free ebook from Smashwords pre-sale of my upcoming book, A Novel, that's due for release on the 1st of January 2021, my New Year's gift to you, and it's also available for pre-order on Kindle, so you can place your order now and get it when it gets released. Also, don't forget to leave your feedback because it really does count. Um, I give a lot of importance to my readers' views and reviews concerning my books, and I love to hear from them um, what you liked about it, what you disliked about it, what you couldn't understand about it. Um, I love it when my readers tell me all about it. So this is me signing out. Bye.